Well, Starting Stores is back after some great racing at the likes of Goodwood, despite the pretty terrible weather. Um, ground has just been so frustrating everywhere, considering it is August. Um, Daryl, how are you? Winners, ground, what we're thinking? Yeah, good week, good week the last week. Um, I know the weather's been miserable, but um, it's been a real good start to August for, for followers of the column. We're about 27 points in profit to Betfair SP, about an 84% return of investment. So we're looking quite good now. We've settled in a little bit and uh, really kicking off. Some smashing racing last week. I know it was disappointing. We still had some real top performances, didn't we? Like the Highfield Princess, Paddington, Royal Rhyme, Hamish. Um, just a couple to reel off. but. <laughs> Hey, Hamish? Hamish. Hamish, okay. I, I call him Hamish, but yeah, yeah it was. Sandwich. <laughs> it was ham sandwich. It was um it was a smashing week. I'm gonna start calling him ham sandwich from now on. Hamish. I've never heard that one before. Hamish. Anyway, um, yeah, it was a really good week. And I suppose from your point of view, did you very much kind of target the horses that have got proven form on the testing kind of ground? Uh, towards, the, towards the start of the week not really uh, it was always in the back of my mind that it could turn that way so rather than sort of looking for forwards that were proven in deep ground I was just I, 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 I'm never one to really fuss so much over the ground you know like you got a lot of people that like want to know how many mills have been watered and all that sort of stuff I'm not really one to to fuss I'm sort of like unless it's the two extremes then mm. I'm, I'm we pretty had happy. That though, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. I'm pre- normally pretty happy to, to stick with what I think is the best horse in the race. But yeah, towards the start of the week, and and we sort of had that. We sort of had the ever changing ground throughout the week. So like every day was kind of a little bit different because it dried up and then it went back again, didn't it? Yeah, I mean that must be the clerk of the course worst nightmare. But I also think it's our worst nightmare when they slightly is lie the right word about what the yeah, ground is. In the it morning. is the right word. Yeah. I mean, I think on the Saturday, no disrespect to Ed Arkell whatsoever, but I'm just using Goodwood as an example. I think they said it dried out to be good, soft, soft in places. And yeah, I mean, the fact that it was abandoned would suggest that maybe that was wrong. (laughs) But I know they had an awful lot break quite quickly. But I kind of feel like, do you know what? If it's heavy, it's heavy. If it's soft, it's soft. Just like we don't, we just don't really want false information i think that yeah. goes for like all parties whether that's like punters whether that's race goers whether that's trainers jockeys owners whatever i think we just need consistency yeah exactly i think we've got enough issues in the sport about making this another one like mm. just give us what the reading is and the reading is what the reading is you know you can't help it when you get rain throughout race day but at least let us start off on what we know we're, you know what it is it was definitely not there was definitely no good in it saturday morning was there no, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that yeah. was. Not sure there was that much good in it all week. But anyway, we had um, we had testing conditions. That's what it was. And like you say, we still we still were lucky enough to have some decent racing as well. Um, I actually had a couple of eye catches from the Goodwood meeting. I think you did also. Uh, so it's totally up to you. Why don't we say you go first and give us your couple of um, couple of eye catches? The first one's pretty obvious, and it was it was Killian. Um, I, look, I thought he I thought he absolutely hated the ground. Um, he was completely outpaced, but I, I thought he absolutely hated the ground. And I, I think he's crying. I think he's been crying to go up to six furlong. So I think something like the gym crack at York uh, on a on, on a better sounder surface, I think, will really suit him. I think he's a horse with an abundance of talent, and uh, I, I you know I I, th- I think he's. Uh, 
and if he went to the gym crack there, hopefully he bounced out of it okay. Because, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but when these sort of two-year-olds go on this real testing ground and they're giving a bit of a shock to the system, can they take that? Can they take a little bit of a backward step for that? Can they? Or because it's dependent on each individual horse, really. Um, you know, he's obviously trained by Carl, but Carl will, you know, make sure he's given the time and whatever he needs to get back to his best. You're not going to run him in the gym crack if you think he's 50%. You'd wait and mm. find another opportunity. Um, I suppose the only thing I would say is, although he, it probably wasn't the surface that is preferred by the horse, he handled it okay to the point where he was still able to perform to a fairly decent level. So I would be shocked if he came out of it um, sort of any worse than absolutely fine, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think it was a combination of also the the sort of track at Goodwood, you know, total opposite to yeah. stand down uphill the whole way. And you've got the sharp Goodwood five, um, which, which definitely caught him out. So I, I agree like he's a horse that's clearly got ability, um, but I'd be shocked if, you know, he was pulled about too much. He was, you know, looked after as much as possible and ran more, just tried to keep him balanced. And I think that's kind of a, the main thing on with the two-year-olds on that type of horrible rough ground. Yeah, he's definitely one to keep on side. I'm looking forward to seeing him on, on a sound of service next time up to six furlongs. I think he's got plenty, plenty more to come. Yeah, nice. And uh, I had, we'll, we'll come back to your um, other eye catcher from Goodwood as an older horse, but a couple of my eye catchers, from Goodwood, also two-year-olds were the Phillies. I've actually my cat my my oh wow my eye catches this week uh, are, are all Phillies. So we've got a week for the girls. But um, Goodwood on the Thursday, um, the Phillies maiden Ornelia was the winner, and classical song was second. And I kind of put them both down as eye catches. I thought Ornelia had some really smart form coming into the race. Um, her new market novice was really boosted um, when she finished third on debut and she was up on the front end throughout at Goodwood and um, was much the best on the day so she's kind of an eye catcher for next time stepping up and grade um, but then classical song who finished second was more an eye catcher immediately for a maiden or a novice because she just looked to be a little bit green um, took a little bit of time to really find her stride but once she did open up in that final furlong she stayed on nicely passed one to, to finish second and was quite strong through the line. So I thought she was worth a mention as well. And, you know, two fillies that cost a, a good bit of money and have nice pedigrees and I think plenty of ability. Yeah, I totally agree. The class the son is um, half sister to Dylan Mouth, I think. Loads of stamina and a pedigree. So, yeah, promising future for that one. Yeah, I thought they were two decent eye catches you picked out this week when you sent them to me. I thought, yeah. Thanks. I'm I mean, considering I think I'm still winning the eye catches comp, then I feel like my <laughs> eye catches have been pretty decent throughout. But... You did have two losers this week. So, did I? <laughs> yeah, you no did. Winners. Eagles Way. And who was the other one that lost for you? Synodin was beaten. Oh, yeah, but I like that much. Hey, did you collect your money? No. <laughs> Did you have a winner? Did I have a winner? Uh, no, Al Bashir ran for me. Um, oh, yeah, Sweet William won, didn't he? Yeah. Second time. Um, Al Bashir ran for me. Obviously, no good. I think the ground went, went against him for the, for the Stewards Cup, to be honest, but he's. Uh, I can see him being a bit of a cliff hall. Right, yeah. He, he, might not, he might be one you don't want to end up following off the cliff. Yeah. Um, one, one you do want to follow, though, is Alban, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like this. I, I like this horse. I think he was given the indication that he was he was returning to a bit of form in his last few starts. He's been better than the bare result on a couple of occasions, and 
obviously he came very good this time last year. He's dropping down the handicap, but um, I, I, I did fancy him. For and the ground went that way. I just, for me, I just thought it was, it, it just all went against him. I could see him. I know he's entered this Saturday in the Shogo Cup, but be looking at him for like the Clipper Logistics. Okay. Uh, York. York. Yeah, yeah, he's run so well pre- there previously. <laughs> um, it, there's definitely an, another another good day in him for sure. He's kind of the not the easiest horse to win with, but when things start to fall right, he can sort of rack in a few decent performances yeah. in a in a row. So he's he's one to keep on side. Um, there, your two eye catches from the week. I had two others I thought worth mentioning. Um, one was. On Friday at Newmarket, a filly called Doom, three-year-old, uh, William Haggis trained. She finished second. I just think that there's a nice filly's handicap in her. I think she's pretty solid. I think she's unfortunate not to have got her head in front at Newmarket the other day, um, sort of collared by a fast-finishing uh, good old horse. But I think there could be a nice filly's race in her off what I think is a fairly decent mark in the low 80s. And my other eye-catcher was a two-year-old filly, Forever Blue, by Blue Point, trained by Rafe Beckett, who won impressively at Haydock uh, Sunday series. It was obviously first time out and, again, in, in pretty testing conditions. But she was sort of boxed in a little bit. Once the gap really opened, she, to be honest, just took off. And I just thought it was an, a nice performance. And whether she goes better for another go- novice or not, I don't know. But I, it, it was decent. I think better ground help her out. Probably. I mean, like, I think it's probably fair to say that the blue points have been performing better with a sounder surface as well. Yeah. So exactly. Could she be better again? Um, yeah. I just thought it was a nice performance, especially for debut. Um, and uh, yeah, I like I say, a week, week for the girls for me. So I've, I've, I've stuck a couple couple of options in now. Definitely. Um, on Goodwood, obviously, there was a bit of a hot topic that kind of came up when Neil Callum was unable to ride Sumo Sam. Uh, who relished the mud to win the Lily Langtree by about half the track. Obviously, Tom Marquan took over because Neil was struggling to to get to the eight stone 11. Um, and I suppose there was like a reoccurring uproar of the whole sauna situation, having been removed from all of the courses and now jockeys basically begging for them to come back. Um, so I thought it was something that's worth touching on and having a bit of a discussion over because I suppose we probably have different angles as as, as to how, how to look at it really I don't know what your opinion is on the saunas coming back yeah well, well they took away the saunas and gave them the six pounds allowance didn't they they've COVID, then since yeah. they've then since taken yeah they t- oh Daryl we lost you then have you lost you, me there you go you're back you're back oh I think sorry. you said that they took away the six pound allowance and then that was it yeah, took away the six pounds allowance. They took away the saunas, gave them the six pound allowance, then took away the six pound allowance as well. So they've got none of them now, right? Yeah. So, look, it's pretty. It's, do I think using a sauna to shed weight, you know, uh, quickly is the right thing to do? Probably not. But would I do you, by taking away the saunas, you kind of then force the jockeys to do that in another way. Mm-hmm. And at least if they're doing it in the sauna, on the course in a supervised sort of position, you know, that, you know, we've got medical staff around, etc., and it's all done correctly and, and supervised and done in the right way. The last thing you kind of want is I mentioned, I see, I see someone saying about the jockey, some jockeys are putting the heaters on in the car to drive to, you know, to the course. 
the last thing you want is to put the joggers in a position like something dangerous is going to happen. Mm. And uh, again, this is like this is an issue in the sport which shouldn't be such an issue. I don't understand why there's such this loggerheads between the jockey and the BA- jockeys, the PGA and the BHA, or the jockeys and the PGA and the BHA. Why they can't just work together to solve a simple issue like this? Like this is this is relatively simple in the. Obviously, the race courses are involved with costs as well in this scenario. But um, yeah, but I mean, they're finding the jockeys enough money for these bands at the moment. Can they put something yeah. in for that? <laughs> but yeah. but look, I, I think I think with anything, I think as long as it's it, if they bring the saunas back, it's done in a supervised manner and and it's safe. Then I don't see why you would want to force the jockeys to try and do it in other in other ways and look hunting perspective i think it's difficult when i that's making a the, the lowest rate weights that he or she has made throughout the entire season i do kind of think jesus like i, I that's, that takes a lot for them to get down to a very low weight and surely you'll be able to tell you know me really but surely you can't be performing at your best if you're absolutely starved you've had to sweat off the to get down to your lowest weight ever like are you really in the saddle giving your full potential when that happens well obviously you have a minimum for a reason because that's what you feel is within your like reaching distance you know um so i kind of I also one thing I will say is obviously there's this like perception of like the jockeys have to starve themselves to get down to the weight they can't drink anything whatever ultimately when you sweat yes you're going to be dehydrated but if they haven't eaten or drank anything say the day before well there's actually no hope in hell that they're going to actually have anything in them to be able to sweat out Mm. so you know there has to and every individual person and body is, is different and obviously like you learn to your body learns to react to things and Copes with it in different ways but you know if you haven't had anything if you've got nothing in your body you've got nothing to bring out of it yeah you know? so it's all about like that balance right okay um, and it's all about being within reaching distance i mean if your bottom weight for example is nine stone and you get offered a ride in a good race and it's got eight stone seven well you're bloody stupid if you're going to try and do that but you know if your bottom weight's nine stone and you've got a horse running in a group one and it's going to be favorite and for whatever reason it's going to 12 that doesn't happen but just let's say for argument's sake then you probably are going to try to do the extra couple of pounds because you might have had notice and you might however you're you work with your body you might try and you know adapt it so that you can get the extra two pounds you know yeah but what makes it obviously ridiculously tricky is for example you might live okay down south just going to use it as an example. You might be riding at York in the afternoon. You've ridden at Newbury on Friday. You're at York the following day on Saturday. Newbury's an evening meeting. Your last ride's at nine o'clock. Yeah. You get home yep. late. You've not had a proper meal because you've ridden late. So you've maybe picked through at the races. The next morning, you then have to sweat. It might only be two pounds, right? Before you go up to York. So, like, if you ask a jockey about sweating two pounds, they'd probably say, oh, God, that's easy. Like, I could go for a run and jog a pound and jump in the bath and it'd be done in 20 minutes, whatever. Or they might just jump straight in the bath and it might be 40 minutes, whatever it is, right? But they have to then sweat, say, for example, the two pounds in the morning at maybe eight o'clock in the morning. They then have to drive to York, which might be four, four and a half hours. 
They then have to obviously, once they're there, get sorted. They might have three rides before the time that they're actually doing the lightweight. So they're dehydrated for four, five, six, seven, seven eight hours. Yeah, it's not than, safe, is it? Well, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Rather than, and like I obviously, I saw something on another podcast where um, I think it was one medical advisors or something, something to do with the Racecourse Association said, you know, we don't want riders to be dehydrated. It's dangerous. So that's why we don't want the saunas. Right. Well, yeah, that makes really good sense when you want them to be dehydrated for eight hours rather than for 20 minutes. Well done. Yeah, well, you'd like rather them dehydrated on the course rather than driving four hours of the course, wouldn't you? Yeah, but like if yeah. they actually drove up to the races, had a coffee on the way up, whatever it is that they want to have on the way up to the races, get to the race course, probably have a, a one lap around the track running or walking, whatever, get moving after you sat in the car for a long time. Pop back into the weighing room. Like you say, there's medical advisors. You've got valets. You've got other jockeys all there to mm. keep an eye on each other. You pop into the sauna, 20 minutes or half an hour. You can jump out there and get your ice pop that the canteen have got for you. Jump back in if you need to take a little extra off for maybe another 10 minutes and it's done. You then ride and you can rehydrate straight away. You might be dehydrated for half an hour. Yeah. No, I agree. I think... Would, would would be the the most sensible thing to do in my opinion from the and, outside like, i obviously understand like you know if if, if you've got a you're really lightweight and it's right at your bottom you might it might be that you have to do a little bit at home before or the night before you've had to you know change your routine slightly in order to be able to be slightly lighter in the morning before you go to the races to take the last bit off but you can separate it you know whereas like at the moment, you're forced to do it so early before your rides to then travel, to then maybe have a few rides before the actual light rate. And it might be that once you've got there and you jump back on the scales at the race course, you're able to have a little sip of a drink or a grape to like fill yourself up. I mean, come on. But like, it just doesn't make any sense. They're totally contradicting what they're saying because, like, ultimately, the jockeys are going to do. Like I what say, it takes, yeah. what it takes to get to yeah. a weight, whereas also touching distance, yeah, it's uh, so it just seems mental. It's a, it's a, it's something that gone up in mm-hmm. in a bad way. I think we could end up with an instant, but yeah, bring them back. I'm gonna, to I'm gonna agree, be really I think. controversial here, Ooh. but I think I think that the PGA have made an absolute mess of this because I don't think they've. I think they have falsely. This is my opinion, totally like no one else's. This is literally my opinion. But I feel as if they have falsely announced the jockeys' representation because I don't feel like they've given all of the jockeys a fair chance of giving their opinion before this all happened. And I was in plenty of talks previously whereby I felt as if the PGA had already made made a decision before it was even discussed. So I think Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I don't think they've represented the jockeys well enough Personally, I think that they deserve a slap on the back of the wrist and I think they should put their hands up and I think that they should be the ones that are turning around now and being like, we made a mistake as well. Because they all have. I'm not saying that that it's just them that's wrong, but I don't feel like they've represented the jockeys well enough from the very start. And I feel like they had their own opinion about it without discussing it with the jockeys themselves. So I don't think that was very good. That's very good. They might come at me with that, and I'll come back with them. Um, anyway, that's the sauna, the sauna debate. Um, sort of 
we could go on about that for hours so we, we, we better not we better move on a little bit um another thing i wanted to ask you about is i know you tipped safe voyage on the weekend at chester a horse that has ran at a, a much much higher level um and one thing i know that kind of gets you a little bit frustrated is sometimes when people think oh a horse has dropped a little bit in the weights maybe they're back to winning ways but without maybe putting the whole story behind it and you can f- sort of falsely fall into a trap of thinking a horse is well in when maybe it's not yeah yeah it does annoy me it bugged me a lot last week um on multiple occasions and multiple columns i'd read on multiple tv channels i, I had watched um that's a careful channels. <laughs> it wasn't you wasn't you but there's there's this whole like notion around that like the, the amount of times you hear the phrase oh he's been given two pounds back by the handicapper he's now on his last winning mark which automatically is somebody's case for a horse to win a race so there was a good example last week uh, i i read something that said the handicap has dropped in three pounds for his ninth of 16 to ramiro which means he's now racing off a mark 17 pounds lower than when last successful at pontifract now that as you mentioned to me off air that is a fact he is 17 pound lower than his last winning mark but that would be relevant if he was racing perhaps at pontifract and you build the case around that that he's back to pontifract he obviously likes that track etc but he was still 14 pounds lower the last time he ran when he finished at 13 of 19. Mm-hmm. So so Safe Voyage was a good example to make this a little bit clearer for people. So Safe Voyage ran in the Murray and Shandon. He was well beaten. He was slightly better than the bare result. He was hampered throughout midfield. But the handicapper gave him a pound back. He dropped him down to 95. So he was off mark at 97, dropped him down to 95. Two now, pounds. two pounds. The reason he's won at Chester is not because he's been given back that two pounds. It's because that two pounds dropped him to 95, which made him eligible for a class three naught to 95. So you've got to understand, people have got to understand and remember that when they hear the, all these things thrown around, like, oh, he's been given two pounds back by the handicap. It's irrelevant unless it changes the, the actual race conditions. Okay. So the reason they've got ratings is so they can put be put into class bands, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that Safe Voyage was dropped down to 95 allowed him to then to drop in grade into a class three. And that was for the first time since 2017. Andy was back at Chester where he'd won previously and he had his favorable conditions and soft ground. So the two pound was completely really was not irrelevant in this case because it allowed him to drop in grade. But the the notion of the actual two pound is pretty irrelevant, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. So, for example, if I'm working at Sundown tomorrow, I might find a horse. I'm just going to pull one out here. Yeah. Seven fifteen. We got a defensive fort. Just as yep. an example, right? He won on his debut. He's been probably regressing since, and on his last run, when he was well beaten at Newmarket, he dropped four pounds. Now, if I turn around and just said to you or on air. Defensive Fort has dropped four pounds and he's on a career low mark or whatever, yeah. then that's just a fact and that's fine. But if I said he's dropped four pounds and he's on a career low mark, he can win. Effectively, I'm not making a relevant case. I'm just kind of like yeah. using it as a bit of a cop out. Yeah, you winded me up okay. with it. Yeah. <laughs> fine. But what you could say is that he's returning to Sandown where he ran behind silver knot and desert hero and it, and yeah. it showed up really yeah, nicely yeah. so perhaps moving back to sandown will, will bring that spark back in him but it wouldn't be the four pound that makes so you like from a, a pundit or a, a column or whatever you you want 
the solid reason behind the weight drop being a like a good an addition to look at the horse again. Yeah, basically. yeah. Fine. The weight drop can and be an addition. Uh, be yeah. an addition, but it's never going to be the reason why what why they win unless that allows them to drop in grade. You know, so many so many trainers want a few pounds off their off their horses back so that they're eligible for lesser lesser graded races yeah. because they've been it's too competitive it's like i see so many people say oh he's turned out under a seven pound penalty so he's technically three pounds well in like that all that's absolute nonsense like it, it doesn't matter like the, the three pounds is not going to make any sort of difference whatsoever again go back to safe voyage you put that two pounds if you take that two pounds off his back in the moment and shandon he's not going to He's not going to win the race because of that two pounds, but it's something that really grinds my gears. And I see it all week, particularly when we come up to these big meetings. It's such a, like you said, like you mentioned, it's such a cop out to say, oh, he's, he's too, or he's one off 66, he's one off 68, he's now off 64, he should go really well. Like, well, he was off 65 the last time he ran. So what's the pound going to, it's no difference unless they're moving back to conditions which they've previously performed particularly well at then perhaps you have a horse that is handicapped to have a say, but he's not going to be winning because of a pound or two. Yeah, you want a you want a solid case to back yes. up the weight difference. And I understand 100%. that. And if, if a horse has a penalty, they can be well in. But obviously, effectively, if they're running in the grade that they won't be able to take part in the next time. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it was just something I just wanted to bring out this week because we obviously we just had the big meeting at Goodwood. You you hear it a lot of punters are saying at home, perhaps you know, they're not as savvy on this type of stuff because this is, you know, I suppose this is not not sort of beginner stuff, if you like, with all due respect to everybody, a, a, a lot of other people. But I don't think, I think when you hear it so often from people that have been in the game for a long time, I think you can sort of latch onto it and I, I, I plead people not to. Yeah, you're warning people not to be lulled into sort of false sense of security, basically. Yes, yes. Fine. Um, another meeting, which is, probably one you can also be uh, slightly fooled by. And I'm I'm working it this weekend and I'm slightly dreading it more because I feel like I'm going to get all the colours muddled up than anything else. But the, the Shergar Cup, mm. um, I know that you wanted to sort of touch base quickly on this meeting. Um, it is really good fun, but for me, as someone who's going to be trying to work on the race, watching them, when all the colours look the same, I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm going to be relying on now for our commentator. <laughs> I'm, I'm 100% in your, in your camp with this because, like, even when it comes to the race card, when you're looking at the race card to study the race and the colours all change after declarations, oh. it frustrates the hell out of me. Because I just, I just leave... leave leave familiarity leave some familiarity for me you know it's it is i know it sounds mad doesn't it when you just change the color of silks but it it does doesn't help the punter whatsoever i look i'm a massive fan of any competitive racing the racing league i know a lot of people moan about it i I don't mind it class three racing decent races i like competitive racing i don't like the changing of all the silks i don't like the team aspect etc but I would just, I would be a big advocate of the racing post just not not changing the the colours of the silks on the website for when you're doing your study, and I see what you're saying when you're sort of watching the race. It's very difficult to yeah 
to work out which is which. Yeah, it is. And I don't think you're hoping helps. you have the grey horse or like the chef with the really big white face <laughs> yeah. and white socks. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it, it helps the sort of newcomers to racing either. I don't. I don't think it does does any favours. But I think I think the the idea of it's fun and it's yeah. competitive. It's a great day. It's always busy at Ascot, and like you say, for the level of racing, it's always a really competitive field. Um, but when you're trying to figure out you know which horse is which or watching the race which one you might have backed or you're following and they all look you know all, all three pink colors look the same and you're thinking oh no <laughs> that is when i honestly i actually feel so sorry for the commentators because if they get it wrong we all get it wrong because we're hoping that they have you know very much got it nailed down but it's um it's hard work. Yeah, honestly, I think next week I'm just going to be still sat here, like trying to work out blue, pink, and whatever, whatever else is going on. But anyway, um, that it should it should be a, a good meeting, and I think we've got some some good teams. There should be some, um, you know, good fun. And Haley and Frankie, they're kind of the regulars, and, and they're back, which is um, which is great. So I am looking forward to it, despite feeling like all the colours are going to be just blurred on one page. Um, There's a good bet on the card. Do you want to know who it is? I was going to ask you. I was going to say, come on, we've got mm. sort of a mixture of racing all over the place. No real centerpiece this weekend, I suppose, if you like. Yeah. Um, but we still have to have a, a Daryl Carter top tip. Right. Okay. So in the 455 at Ascot, this obviously we've not seen decorations yet, but Rajasthan, if he makes his handicap debut of 87, I think he's miles better than that. I right. think he's miles better than that, and uh, I'm pretty, I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing him actually because I, I don't think it's going to be rattling quick ground at Ascot. I think it's going to be nice ground, and um, this is a real progressive horse. This is a real as a punter, horse. would you um, be sort of wary of which jockey you got? Would that make a difference? <sighs> I want to say no, but with him, I want to say no, but I think it would. Yeah, I think yes. it would. <laughs> I think it would because like, like, he, like. Like this, if this horse was being ridden at the weekend by uh, Rab Havlin or someone, you know, in a normal race I'd, and and conditions were as they are now, I would be, I'd be having a good bet on him. But I think it it would always sort of rein you back a little bit if you've got a, an international jockey, for example, that perhaps doesn't know the track, okay. has been ridden in different sort of pace of races, and, and yeah, it can it just rein you back a little bit. But it, it wouldn't put me off completely. If that makes right. sense. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, dependent on the horse and maybe the draw would depend whether you're going to be fussy on, on jockey or not. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, in fairness, we've got some very, very good jockeys coming, you know, so they're, they're the top of the, the top league of wherever their native sort of riding country is. So, yeah. Um, and I, I suppose it's good fun for them to be able to get involved over here at Ascot as well. Absolutely. Um, winning team, what are we saying? I have no idea. Okay. Fine. As long as Rajasthan wins, yeah. <laughs> I don't care who wins. <laughs> that's, that's fair. We'll give, we'll give that to you. Um, okay. Well, I feel like we've had um, quite a lot of debates actually, which has yeah. worked out quite nicely this for week. a quiet week. Yeah. Yeah, it was really. As um, half of it was rained off, but the sun is shining, which is great news. Hopefully, we're going to have some better ground on the weekend, and um, you know, the next few weeks building up to the likes of York, I, I just love some nice proper summer ground. Yeah. Um, you know, the soft ground horses have had their chance. Now it's time for the the ones that, that like the quicker surface to, to get back out as, as well. Cool. Um, Buzzing for York. Hey, Meg, quickly uh, before you go, before you go, yes. Sweet William, does he win the e-ball if he get if he, he goes? doesn't run? 
He's not going to run at you. Yes. His owner um, isn't in love with those big handicaps and is more likely to go now target group races. Jesus. What a mistake. Well, you know, things can change, but there you go. So I would, my current answer to that, it would be a no, negative. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Daryl's thinking that anti-post bet. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all about the betting it's all about the betting there you go well okay we will hopefully you've got a, a good winner for us on saturday everyone better pencil that in um and we'll be back for more action next week after the show got cut phoenix stakes saturday we've got racing in france we've won action over in france on sunday in deauville um so there should be lots to catch up on and talk about um next week so thank you very much. I hope everyone remembers to gamble responsibly, have fun, have lots of luck, and keep logging in to Daryl's tip on better the better because I've sounds like this is fun.